Yo, my name is Richie Marufo of the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series, a.k.a. BWAMS, and you're listening to the El Paso Creatives Podcast Show. Without further ado, here's the show. Hi, my name's Paulette Perhatch. Today we're going to talk about writing, being a freelance writer, and making it as an artist in a city. Awesome. Thank you, Paulette. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, just for anybody who doesn't know who you are or what you do, can you just give us like a quick two, three minutes of who you are and what is it that you do? Yeah, thanks for having me. So I am an author, a creative writer, and a freelance writer and writing coach. And I'm originally from Florida. I've been living in Seattle for 10 years and have programs for writers as well as my book called Welcome to the Writer's Life. And so I'm really all about helping writers be writers. And that includes everything from not only your work, but your mental, social, and financial health. And so talking about everything around the writer's life is what I focus on. So, so let's, let's touch in on that a little bit. I like that, that topic right there of what it is that mentally a writer should prepare for going into the writing industry or what, what type of things should they be expecting as a startup artist. For myself, let's say I'm becoming a writer myself. What should I be looking into? What should I be really kind of worried about or more focused into? Well, I think one of the major decisions, and you can go back and forth on this, right, even every few years if you'd like to, but do I want to have a job in which I'm writing? Do I want to have a full-time job in which I'm writing? Or do I want to be a freelance writer? Or do I want to be a server so that I can keep all my brain cells for myself and not have to think too much at my job and then, um, you know, write on the side? And and be ready to tackle whatever challenge comes your way with those, right? There's different challenges for each one. And um, really just to be ready to use your time as intently as possible. I, the thing I always say to myself is there's, there's no time for bullshit. And I definitely still do bullshit around on, you know, the Instagram, the TikTok, with all like throw my phone and be like, no time for bullshit, like get back to it. So it's really not a life in which you can settle for mediocrity. I think when you have a full-time job, you can often get away from me, get away with mediocrity. But if you want to be a writer, you really have to be ready to, to work hard and to kill it. I mean, my schedule is bananas. When I do a screen share and people see my schedule, they're like, oh my gosh. And a lot of people joke that being a writer is giving yourself homework for the rest of your life. <laughs> so, so a key part of that is productivity is what I'm getting at that. And so how important do you think it is to stay productive? But how do you organize yourself, especially as a professional writer and everything? How do you stay organized and how do you keep yourself productive and motivated to keep going? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, right? Because we live in this very like hustle obsessed culture. And I think one of the most interesting questions of life is how hard should you work? One thing I do know is that Bronnie Ware was a hospice nurse and she interviewed people who were dying. And one of the most common things they said was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. <laughs> and yet we all have to watch Beyonce and be like, wow, I wish I kicked that much ass. And you're like, okay, well, get up earlier, work harder. Um, so, you know, there's that, that kind of middle way, as they say in the spiritual world sometimes, where it's like having that discipline, staying productive, but also taking time for like wonder and just like playing with the children in your life and like looking at a dandelion and, and you know, that kind of putting on your Mary Oliver eyes, if you will. Um, and so it's balance, right? And I want to be, when I'm in work mode, I'm in work mode. I have something called the Writer's Mission Control Center 
that I designed to keep me organized. And it's a spreadsheet and an, actually it's an official Google add-on now that, that people can buy off my blog at welcome to the writer's which is like, keeps me organized because there's no time to not be organized and actually do a course called you've got to get your writing life organized too. Um, I was actually diagnosed with ADHD just not too long ago. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I've been designing this tool for writers to stay organized. And so I think it's not wasting time with just organization and knowing that you have a big challenge ahead of you and like rising to the challenge. And, you know, there's that whole thing of don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. And just trying, I try to catch myself in when I get into pity party mode of just like, oh my God, it's so hard. And it's just like, okay, well, are you free to write whatever you want? Are you free to own your own business? Like so many people around the world would kill for this opportunity. So just like pick yourself up and let's go. B word. Exactly. I completely agree with everything. And so I think this is a perfect point to touch this question is a lot of people are creatives and I, and I hear this a lot. A lot of people are artists and creatives and a lot of people are business in the creative industry. Speak a little bit about the relationship between the creativeness and turning your creativity into a business. Yeah, you know, I I really love the challenge and I love business. My dad was an entrepreneur and didn't, there were a lot of really hard times around that. And I said, oh my God, just give me a day job. Just give me a day job with a paycheck. And then I grew up and to be exactly like him, like no tolerance for authority or someone else having control over my life. And I'm like, no, give me freedom. So the relationship between business and creativity is actually really cool. You know, and it's hard because so many people go after money, literally are willing to destroy the earth to chase more and more money. So we're like, wow, business people are bad people. But business can be a creative act. And it can be, you know, you think about how many businesses you come across where you're like, wow, I'm so glad you exist. And just take my money, right? Take my money. Delicious, uh, like bakery. And, you know, like the people who invented Scrivener, which is a great writing software. I'm like, I'm so glad you exist, right? You really solved my problem. So for example, during the pandemic, I started a business with a, another writer called A Very Important Meeting. And it's a meditation and free writing studio. And so we all get together. It's kind of like a yoga studio where you can pop in for different classes at different times. And you know, you go in there, someone's going to lead a 10 minute meditation, and then you're going to write together for 45 minutes. And like, that's what we do, right? Um, on the other side, I have a client, one of my clients is Kirsten Jordan, who's the first female cast member of Million Dollar Listing New York. So she's, you know, selling these million dollar apartments. And it's been so interesting to watch the show and to see how story plays such a role in sales and in business, right? And so like creativity and business are so interconnected and I'm very all about how like everything is one thing. There is really no, there's no line between creativity and business, right? It's all like creating value, creating a piece of work and, you know, and, but I don't want to think about, for example, my deepest writing the novel that I'm working on right now, I hope I sell it and I hope I make money from it, but I'm not relying on that. So I'm building all these other avenues and having work that hopefully feeds my soul and pays my bills. Some of it just pays my bills and that's great. Some of it does a little bit of both, you know? Um, so I think keeping hold to your original work is very important and not relying on that for money, but seeing how you can use the skills that you learn in your creative work to make money for other people is very important. 
I, I love that. And so I want to touch into now the, the struggle. So when you first started your writing career, because you're somebody who's writing for some big things like New York Times, the Cosmopolitan, or I forgot how to say that word. <laughs> it's a little mixed for me. It's a, it's a women's magazine. It's okay. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> but you're somebody who's written like, you know, things for big companies. And so when you first got started, though, what is one key thing that you saw right away that you were like, I really got to get this on point and what struggles and maybe sacrifices and maybe mistakes that you learned from that you, that you go along in the journey? Yeah, I think knowing how difficult it is for everyone. And that's something I lose sight of even, you know, when I'm having difficulties, if you look at my Instagram, I can tell, like no one can tell that. So, you know, I post all my rejections on Instagram and it is a struggle and that's why community is so important. And I heard that mentioned in your last last episode. And I love that because we all get each other through it, you know, and we all share knowledge with each other. And we're all kind of these like flowers blooming in the same field. And I like, someone had talked about that, like, what a shame it would be if one flower didn't bloom because it saw another one blooming, right? We're like, oh, there's already so many writers. I'm not gonna be a writer. It's like, what? The world is very abundant. Yeah. So just kind of having that view that, um, that it is hard. Right. And I remind myself that all the time, like, Oh, does this feel hard? It is hard, (laughs) you know? And especially because Seattle has in the 10 years I've been here become this incredibly expensive place to live. Right. It's like, I moved to Seattle, not New York city. And now literally real estate is more expensive in Seattle than New York. I was like, Oh, cool. (laughs) So maybe I'll come down to El Paso. Um, and you know, and it's, it's hard. And we live in a society, I have a a McSweeney's piece that I did called my my personal brand is I don't want to die. And it was all about doing every whatever the world wants from me as far as my freelance writing goes like, you want me to have a brand? I'll have a brand. You want me to do social media? I'll do social media. Because like, we need to make enough money to keep ourselves alive because the healthcare system in this country will like, literally just let you die. And it's such a shame. Um, and actually yesterday on Twitter, someone kind of shamed a writer for putting forth some services for money. And I was really mad um, because ugh, it's just so hard, right? So anyone who's really trying to make it happen, I think it's just terrible to shame that person. I was really mad. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and also, I just thought about this right now. A lot of people talk about writer's block and you know the struggles that they go with that. Um, can you speak a little bit on that, on how you deal with writer's block specifically and the different things of what comes out of that when you're, when you're dealing with it? Yeah, I actually, uh, I have a section in my book called in case of emergency and I don't, to me, I've never had writer's block. And I think that that's because, uh, I started out as a reporter, right? There's no reporter's block. Um, you know, so if I, if I don't know what to do when I wanted to write a story, I would just copy whatever I had out of my out of my notebook, right? There's always something that you can do to move the story forward. And so it's either like make a list, right? Do like 10 options, uh, write as badly as you can. It's so funny to me, like so often I will, I just um, just finished a piece for the New York Times about, um, which was my first piece there in like two years, by the way. And I was like, maybe I'll never write for them again. Um, but picked up a piece and yesterday I had written it as badly as I could. And then today I was like, oh, thanks for writing that because like, it's not blank and I can edit this, right? And there, someone said like, you can edit 
you can edit a bad page. You can't edit a blank page. And that's so true, you know? So to me, there's always something you could do. Research really helps me. Interviews really help me. I love doing interviews for my book. It's really fun. Um, and it makes me, it's so inspiring and it makes me feel like, you know, I can do this. So I think reading in the genre that you want to write in will help with writer's block. Doing low stakes things like writing it, like what they say on the nose, which is writing, you know, just very badly <laughs> and then making it more subtle later, you know, and just coming at it with an attitude as much as you can of joy and like an open hand, like with my novel, I kept finding that like, I would write a chapter and be like, okay, yeah, I really like this chapter. I like this chapter. And then I would turn to the next chapter and blank, nothing. I'm like, oh my God, like, that's it. Now I'm not going to think of anything. And all the stress would rise up. And so I tried to say, instead of like, I don't know what happens next to say, I'm in the space where I'm, I'm waiting to, I'm waiting to figure out what happens next or like, it's going to come. Right. And I'm just like open to that idea coming my way. And I'm just in the space where I'm doing all the work to figure out what it might be. Right. I'm doing the interviews and doing the research and trying not to freak out. I think that's the most important thing. That's a daily struggle for me. <laughs> and also I, I heard that your meditation has been a, a big part as well in your, in your writing and the way you've got moved around that. Um, how important is meditating and how did that change your practice of writing? It's been about a year now that I've been doing the meditation six days a week and you know, they're not long, they're only 10 minutes. And I really am surprised at the change it's made. Just being able to sit back and observe your feelings rather than just act them out. Like the other day I was, I like being late is a trigger for me. And my friend made me late to something and I got in the car and I had been just, you know, when you, someone makes you late, you're just sitting there ready and like stewing and steaming. And I said, like, I'm really feeling a lot of anxiety right now because, you know, I used to be late all the time and it really, it's like a trigger for me. Right. Instead of coming in the car and being like, oh my God, I've been waiting for an hour, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so it's the same kind of thing where you can identify your feelings around writing. You can say, wow, I'm really feeling a lot of anxiety because I don't think I'm smart enough to write this novel. And like, is that true? Do I know that that's true? Or is that just like a story I'm telling myself right now? Um, and usually it's just a story you're telling yourself. And so it's being able to step outside of your emotions and act from a higher place. And literally like your, um, Tara Brock talks about this a lot. Um, when you get stressed out, you get back in the, in the limbic system of your brain and which is literally like in the back of your head, it's an older part of your brain. And that's the fight or flight area and which is technical term. Um, and basically it pulls all your resources toward like survival, right? So all your creativity just kind of goes out the window. You're trying to survive. And that's where you are when you're in the fear space. And when you're in a more relaxed space, you can access more of your prefrontal cortex, which is where language and creativity comes from. So whenever I'm feeling stressed about my work or about meeting a deadline, I'm like, I know that if I'm stressed, I'm less likely to actually get it done. So the most important thing to do is to calm myself down and to get to a place where I can access my creativity because you cannot choke creativity out of your brain. Um, so that's been really important. And that's been something that I've been so much more capable of doing after meditating and, and being a writer what has been 
your most challenging thing to write, maybe a most fragile thing to write? And why was that maybe so hard for you to, to maybe write or put out there, um, whether it was hard or just fragile to put out there? The hardest thing was this essay I wrote. It was a pretty early piece of mine and I'm really proud of it because I worked on it for a really long time. And it, it's a braided essay. And one part of the essay takes place over about 90 seconds. And the other part takes place over like two years. And they're kind of go braided back and forth. And it was an essay, I describe it in my book actually. I didn't think it was gonna make it, um, didn't think it was gonna work and then pulled through and it did work and it got in, in, a, in a really nice journal. So felt really good about that one, but it was like, I mean, so much messing with it. Um, my, my favorite quote about writing comes from one of my writing students. Um, and she said, I can't believe how much work I put into something I already put so much work into. And I was like, wow, welcome to the writing life. Yeah. So that's, um, that was kind of with that piece. Like I put so much work into it and I ripped it apart and then I put so much work into it again. And yeah, it's just crazy. And, and is writing something you've always wanted to do or was it just something that like just came at you? Like, I don't know where, like, was it writing that you've always wanted to do? Yeah. I told my best friends at the bus stop when we were 10 that I wanted to be a writer and <laughs> my best friend goes, have any idea how hard that is and she was totally right I didn't know how hard it is and it is really hard <laughs> so I want to get your perspective on this because a lot of people tell a lot of artists when they're pursuing whether it's photography modeling filmmaking writing or anything like that right off the bat people tell you no you can't do that as a living you can't do it as a job you get all that negativity right how do you how do you overcome that or if you ever went through that how did you overcome that yeah I'm obsessed with this um I have a blog post idea I just need to do it I'm gonna write it on a my little notebook right here um it's i have this idea called like what your parents could have said and it's instead of you'll never make any money it's that's awesome let's think about our your plan right like you'll have to be really intentional about how you spend your time and how you make money and you'll really have to focus on making as much per hour as you possibly can. And you might have to live somewhere that's not as expensive um, or live in a really crappy tiny place in an expensive city so that you can make connections there. Um, and so if you're really willing to dedicate your life to this, then I think it's a great idea, but it's something to consider very carefully because it is a harder road. So yeah, like my mom is so awesome. She always told me to follow my heart and I just, like that to me is the deepest level of just you know parenting love and advice but of course like that comes with some privilege right if someone came from a family where your family is a refugee from a war-torn country and you've never known comfort yeah comfort looks pretty freaking good and some days to me comfort looks pretty freaking good you know um so it's about being being safe fish um being safe enough you know if you are for example if you're like if i don't have money to pay my bills i will literally be on the street and i'll be homeless then i would recommend you work a day job and save as much as you possibly can and kick off with a real uh buffer uh financially um you know, and I've done crazy things. Like I lived in a, in a house that was, or in a, an apartment that was 150 square feet in Seattle the year that I was writing my book. And I worked from 8am till 8pm every night and made myself sad at 8pm 
and I made like no money, you know? And that was the year I just called it the year of the grind. And I just, and then that launched uh, my career as a writer and a writing coach. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is a real, real sacrifice. And um, it's, it's not nothing. I mean, it's, it's real talk for sure. But I think that there are people that do it. You can see people who do it and there's risk mitigation to be done. And so I think the thing is, how can I do risk mitigation, make sure that I'm, that I have options, that I'm safe, but also really do this thing that I'm passionate about. And, and, I, and I speak to a, a lot of artists about that too. I tell them, be str- if you have a day job and you want to become something full-time in your creative craft, be strategic about your paycheck. Use your time wisely. Instead of going out of bars and drinking with your friends or anything like that, you know, go put in the work and the hours. Like you said, the year of the grind. I like that you said that, the year of the grind, because that's really what it is. It's all about the hustle, the grind that you're really trying to put into what you're trying to put in your artwork, your craft, the business, or anything like that. Um, I really wanted to touch now the whole, how important do you think it is? Well, there's three different questions. There's, uh, there's one of opportunity, building up the brand and marketing it, and then also the networking part of it. Would you yourself, if, would you take every opportunity that comes your way or not all of them and, and why? That would be the first one. Yeah, not all of them. I want to tie that back to something you said about like not going out to the bar and stuff like that. Um, it's really important to like set boundaries with your friends and, um, and make it a positive thing, right? To be like, hey, can we do like Friday night beer pong at my house? Um, like, because I, I really want to take, you know, my art seriously. I want to take my graffiti seriously. I want to, you know, so like, here's what I need to live on and here's what I'm saving so that I can move to New York and do this, but right. Like make it part of this, like winning vision that they have. And if your friends care about you, they're going to be like, yeah, dude, totally. I get that. Right. And then like, Hey, okay. Like once a month, let's like go out and do it up. But other than that, I mean, I went out with a friend who has a day job and is a writer and we spent like 150 bucks in one night. And I was just like, okay, wow. That was like my first doing it up night after quarantine. So I was like, all right, fair enough. But like, once in a blue moon right and I did like I had a tech job for a while in Seattle and I made good money and I let myself live it up for a few years and then I was like all right because I was throwing a bunch of money into my savings so I was like I know I want to be a writer after this um paid off my student loans did that and it was so fun yeah making good money is really nice um memories uh so back to opportunities so the way that I decide on opportunities is I have something in my writer's mission control center where for each um, publication, I have like the pay level and the um, desirability. So for example, there's an art magazine that I like to write for called High Fructose and their pay level is really not what I try to go for with most paying work. Um, and, but I love talking to artists and writing about art. So whenever they have an assignment for me, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Right. And then I'll write for companies, writing web copy. I mean, writing things that like I read it out loud to my roommate one time and she was just like dying laughing. Cause I'm just over here, like talking like a website, <laughs> like a customer service website. And no one knows that I'm the person behind it. Right. Um, and she was just like, oh my God, like contact us a day to talk to a representative about blah, blah, blah. Right. Like you would never guess that I'm the one who's writing this stuff. Um, but for that, like, guess what? hundred dollars an hour, <laughs> you know, that's my rate. Other stuff I'll, I'll think about, you know, so it's not just like 
you do things for the love or for the money. It can be this kind of mix and back and forth. Um, and I have like these quadrants, it's nine quadrants, right? So it's for each one, desirability and compensation is low, medium, high. And so you're always trying to go toward the top right, which is high compensation, high desirability. And, you know, I'll, I'll hit that square every year or two. And then, you know, but then you bounce right back. You don't always like, I'm probably out of the low compensation and low desirability square. That's good. Um, but you know, you're just, you're never like, it's never linear. And so I think you take the opportunities that come your way and then you start to say no. And just a lot of different things are popping into my head because everything that you said is really interesting. But I want to I want to finish this question first. So the networking and now how do you think how important do you think networking is and how important do you think it is to build a brand, especially in this age, like the digital age where everybody's always on their phone, things like that on social media, the Internet. How important do you think networking is and building up a brand? Yeah, well, good news for me, because I'm uh, I'm an ambivert, which means I have I'm very extroverted, but then I need to go into my cocoon for a while and then I'll come back out. Um, but I always was like oh, I should just be a writer in a cabin in the woods and not talk to anyone and just be like, Jay, you know, um, just be like Salinger and be a hermit. And that's how you really are a writer. And that's so not true. And networking is so essential in so many ways. Networking is your power. It is um, your information, your knowledge, your connections. I mean, if I can get, for example, another writer to introduce me to an editor they've worked with, that is like gold. That's like a thousand points. Um, people that you meet will offer for you to send them pitches. Just it's, and it's not fair, right? Like we should be in a straight up meritocracy. Like that would be amazing if life were like that, but it's just not. Um, there's a balance, of course. Like you don't want straight up nepotism where someone's work is total crap, but it gets published because they know this editor, right? Um, but we're living in a very human world and humans are very emotionally driven. So people wanna work with people they know and trust. And so, you know, I think it can be disheartening when you don't know anyone. And we say like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I don't like that because that's very fixed mindset. And the growth mindset version of that is it's not, it's, it is what you know, and <laughs> it's who you know, who you meet and cultivate relationships with, right? It's not just enough to like meet someone once, you have to cultivate a relationship with them. And it's not, um, it's not terribly hard. And there are a lot of like really big name writers who are super open to, you know, like we met at AWP, which is a big writers conference. And then you say like, hey, would you mind if I sent you an email with like a question, right? Just one question to open the gates. And then you just kind of take it from there. I have one writer I really like who um, has become kind of a mentor for me. And I emailed him when I read his work in Best American Travel Writing and just emailed him and was like, hey, I love your story. And he was like, oh, hey, I love your website. Like who designed it? And I was like, oh, I did. So I ended up designing his website for him. And then he did some mentorship for me. And so it was really cool. And I want to touch because I know a couple of writers as well who they're they're kind of scared to put out their pieces of work or their first work and all that. How do you deal with people's judgment at the first come? And yeah. what would you speak to those people who are, are maybe scared or shy to put out their their work? Every time I publish something, I'm like, I have this feeling like I'm gonna I'm gonna be in trouble. Like someone's gonna get mad at me about something. 
Um, that's really tough. I'm a super sensitive person. <laughs> I do not have a thick skin. You know, like we need, you need a thick skin to work in this business. I'm like, what if you don't have one? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's tough. If someone, if someone is like straight up a dick about your work, I mean, think about a place you have to be to find an artist and make them feel terrible about their work. Like that is sad. And my friend Ross McMeekin said that to me about how he's like, ultimately I picture the person like this troll or whatever. And there's like a pathetic, like in the nicest sense of the word pathetic or like literally like evoking pathos, I guess. Um, a, a kind of like really sad, a sadness to that person where that's how they're spending their life. So it's tough. And when it happens, you gather around your friend, you send them screenshots. I literally will have my sister read my comments sometimes and be like, let me know, like peek in there for me. <laughs> she was also just Googling things for me that I was too scared to Google <laughs> because I thought that the, the images would be traumatizing. <laughs> tougher than I am. She's tougher than I am. Um, so, you know, and, or you can just not read the comments and like, good luck. Some people do that. I'm absolutely not emotionally mature enough to not read the comments yeah <laughs> so so then let's do a big reality check what's that big one piece of advice whether you would give somebody or something that you want to give out to really keep more specifically anyone who wants to become a writer motivated and going out there and keep keep going so i would say my my one piece of advice my one big piece of advice is to have what i call fake outs and they're fake stakes to keep you writing it's an answer to the question what would happen if I didn't write today? Because the answer is usually nothing. But if you have signed up for a class, that's something that you've raised the stakes on. If you, the first thing I did was sign up for a talent show when I said I wanted to be a writer, that was in three months. And I was like, all right, you gotta write something. Um, working with a coach is a kind of fake out. Having an accountability group, having just one person in your life where you're like, I'm gonna send you an essay. I'm gonna send you a short story or a poem once a month on this day. And then the piece that I went, that went viral for me was from that kind of arrangement um, when I didn't feel like my writing was going very well. So just keep yourself moving with external motivation of some sort and, and accountability. Come to a very important meeting, <laughs> which is my meditation group. Um, that's, you know, that's why we do it to keep yeah. us, because there's so many things about it that are like, scary you're scared you're unsure you're like eh. so just keep yourself moving and and enjoy it as much as you can and, and so that last question i kind of told you in the beginning is what do you know now that you wish you would have known when you first got started that it's about so much more than like being this special little diamond of a person that gets discovered we're you know we're all just down here in the pit like working our buns off and and that's a cool thing to all be working together. And there are those people who are the special little diamonds, like Jonathan Saffron Foer, who wrote like one of my favorite novels when he was 20. Like good for Jonathan Saffron Foer. <laughs> the rest of us, so many more people and like the media, you know, of which I am a member. Um, of course, it's this like crazy outlier story that someone's so young and someone's like a prodigy, whatever. Most of us are absolutely not prodigies. We are just regular people who really start to get it when we're hitting our forties. And, um, you know, and it's, it's not something you have to be amazing at when you're young and it just takes a lot of time. I love that. I love that. And just trust the process pretty much is what it is. 
is enjoy the process, trust it, and make sure that you work towards it. And so where can people find you? Where can people reach out to you? Um, kind of give yourself a little plug, your, your coaching courses and everything too. Just where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find my general um, website at thatwriterpaulette.com. And my blog for writing is welcometothewriterslife.com. I'm on Twitter at Paulette Perhatch and Instagram at Paulette J. Perhatch. I lost Paulette Perhatch somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's cool to just keep everything in one you know, instead of having everything. So I love that. Paulette, thank you so much for being on this episode today. I feel like a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of this and a lot of writers, especially because I know a lot of writers who they're kind of in that little peak of like, should I keep going? Should I not? But I for sure, you know, know that this is going to help them out. So So on welcometothewriterslife.com, you can get a free year of daily writing prompts. So I would say if you're just starting out, go there, sign up for that, and then promise yourself you're going to write every day for 365 days and then see where you're at. awesome i love that i love that so i'll definitely let people know about that everybody listening into this uh, make sure you guys go check it out as well paulie i'm gonna let you go but thank you so much for being on the show thank you so much thanks for tuning in and if you haven't already make sure you're following el paso creatives on instagram youtube and other social media 